come back Your dreams were your ticket out Welcome back To that same old place that you laughed about All right, welcome back to all of you weirdos, miscreants, deviants, psychopaths, great adjectives for people who are fans of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. I don't know you personally, but if you are a regular fan of this show, you must fit one of those criteria. It just has to be the case because all of those adjectives would, in some ways or at some times, probably describe me. So don't take it as an insult. I mean, kind of is because I'm very self-deprecating, so for me to refer to myself in a negative way would not be unheard of. However, it's more of a term of endearment. So some of you, well, hopefully all of you, because you've been a repeat listener, have noticed that I recently changed and updated the artwork for the podcast in whatever streaming platform you are listening to this on. Basically, I just felt like it was time for maybe something fresh, and I kind of did a little research looking around at other podcasts, especially in the comedy realm, and seeing what a lot of them were doing. And outside of like celebrity podcasts, which would clearly feature the face of someone like Conan O'Brien or Dax Shepard or Burt Kreischer or Joe Rogan, whatever. If it wasn't celebrity based, then a lot of times it was more of a graphic based image that was being used to represent the podcast. And I thought, you know, that kind of makes sense. I'm no celebrity and, you know, I'm not good looking enough that my face as a non-celebrity is actually going to attract anyone to the show. And I always have to consider, you know, what about the random person that's just looking around and they stumble across the image for the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast? Is there anything that entices them to want to click it and find out more? Also, the previous image I was using, nothing about it really said comedy or let you you know what the podcast was about. It was just my two halves of my face, which, you know, half happy, half angry, which I thought summed up the show. But in hindsight, I realized you have to kind of know the show to understand why that image makes sense. So now with the new graphic, I still used very basic, you know, what looked like smiley face stickers ranging between different emotions, as well as including the words in black print, a comedy podcast. So now now people will know right away, hey, lighthearted, this isn't true crime, this isn't news. So hopefully from a marketing perspective, that will be helpful in me acquiring new listeners that have just stumbled upon me. Speaking of stumblers, I recently checked out stats cumulatively of since I started doing the podcast, and out of the first 81 episodes, I believe this one is episode 82, I've had listens from 46 non U.S. countries. I don't know how they're finding me. Oh my God. They found me. I don't know how, but they found me. But that's not too shabby. I mean, almost 50 countries that I have been or am being listened to at any given time. I'll take it. So as you may remember from last week's episode, I was very husky. My voice was completely worn out. And I will tell you that while it is better, it is not 100% yet, which kind of freaking me out because I have to play a three-hour show on Friday. Today is Wednesday. Now, again, it's better. I think I'll be able to get through the show I'll do my best, but I've had to be real careful about the way that I approach my lessons and my rehearsals. Like when I'm teaching a drum lesson in a room, I'm trying to yell things out like changes over two drum kits and a very loud set of speakers. There's just no way to do that while using one's voice in what would be considered a smart or appropriate manner. 
But I still have two days to get to a relatively full state of recovery before my gig. Tomorrow, I do have a full day at the school, plus a rehearsal for three hours, so I will be using my voice a lot over loud music. However, Friday, the school is closed, so leading up to the actual show, I will be able to rest my voice for an entire day. So that is good. But I apologize if I still don't sound perfectly in full voice. Another quick update before we get to today's topic about my novel that I'm working on. It is coming along very well, as I have mentioned in the past. Last week, again, being a camp week where I'm at the school for 11 hours a day, plus Friday I did a marketing event after the camp ended, so that ended up being like a 12 and a half hour day. Also, on Sunday, it was our mid-season show for the school, so that was... About a seven-hour day. I have not had a day off from the school since two Sundays ago, and I will not get a day off from the school until this Friday. Granted, if I'm going to work a job where I've got to work almost two weeks straight without a day off, I assure you this is the job that I would want that to be the case for. Can't complain too much. But all that to say that I didn't get as much writing in last week as I had hoped. I was just so tired, and I don't want to just sit down and force myself to write words when my brain is completely dead. And I've got this little small set of bullet points on this dry erase board on my refrigerator that maps out essentially the last few steps that I need to do in the book in order to reach the end. Problem is, I'm stuck on the first of the three bullet points because shit just keeps happening. I've discussed this before where it's like, things happen happen while I'm writing that I don't foresee, I don't expect it, and it's kind of exciting at times because it's like reading a story because it's just coming out of my brain as fast as I can type it, and a lot of times I look back on what I did after, you know, an hour or 90 minutes of writing, and I'm like, I did not expect for any of that to happen, but boy, was that cool. However, since that happens on a regular basis, I'm still struggling to get to the next bullet point, which will put me in the home stretch toward the end of the book. I'm still around 10,000 words away from what I would consider my bare minimum goal for how many words I would like this book to be. And based on research, seems to be a very common number of words for a modern day popular fiction novel. But I'm not worried that I'm going to hit that mark. In fact, I'm sure I'm going to go past it, given the fact that every night I sit down to write and move forward, and instead I just kind of move sideways with a very slight bit of forward movement. But very excited to finish this, let you guys know more about it once it's done, get it edited, get it released out on Amazon. My goal at this point is to have the book completely finished by the end of August. Then I will use the month of September to do a thorough editing and rewrite process for anything that I feel needs fixed, cleaned up, etc. During that time, I will figure out what I need to do to do the self-publishing, get hard copies available on Amazon, get digital copies available on things like Audible or Kindle, and then ideally have it released to the public sometime before Thanksgiving. So a holiday release for all of you guys. You're welcome. All right, so that's all the updates I'm going to give you 
you on this episode, mainly because I just don't want to overuse my voice, as I've already discussed, trying to rest it as much as possible, and me rambling on about a bunch of just irrelevant bullshit is unnecessary at this point in time. So let's get to today's topic, scams, freebies, and freeloaders. So the inspiration for this episode came from the marketing event that I did last Friday for the school, which I discussed, turned my camp day into a 12 and a half hour day doing the event afterward. So this was my first event that I've ever done from a marketing perspective for the school. And we go and we set up a tent. We've got, you know, all these different little freebies. We've got this little wheel that people can come up and spin and then they can win free swag like a keychain or a sticker or a tattoo. If you're lucky, you can get like a t-shirt or a free lesson. Those are more random and less chances for that on the wheel. You know, we've also got just little things like candy, which unfortunately it was a very hot day. So before the event even started, after we had set up all of our candy, the chocolate at least had turned into, well, I guess what could best be described as delicious diarrhea. So we had a bag of like blow pops that I would hand out when someone would land on the candy option. Um, I was not giving anyone any of the chocolate because again, perhaps a good marketing approach is not saying good job on the wheel spin. Here's some delicious diarrhea. Now, because this is a school geared towards kids 18 and under, the majority of the marketing events that they do are in spaces where there's going to be more kids present. This was a back to school bash at a local high school in the parking lot. And I'll give a quick shout out to a coworker and friend of mine at the school, the beautiful Miss Carrie Deal, a wonderful vocal and piano instructor at the school. And she was my teammate for this event. She has done a few of the marketing events before. So I was kind of the newbie. Granted, my background is in marketing. And as you can tell, I'm pretty good at just talking. So I did just fine, but she was very helpful in helping to get things set up, getting the table and all the display stuff laid out appropriately. One thing going back to the wheel that you spin for the free stuff that I kind of disagreed with, but it wasn't my decision. Carrie, just let me know. Yes, adults, parents, they can also spin the wheel. I personally wasn't a big fan of that and may have a discussion with the owner of the school about moving forward. Maybe the wheel should be for kids only because inevitably what would happen is if a kid or maybe two kids, siblings, came up and each spun the wheel and they both got, you know, candy and a sticker, well, then the parent can spin the wheel and get a free lesson or a t-shirt. Granted, that's good marketing for us to be able to hand those things out, but it's also the most expensive thing that we can possibly hand out. And it's more important that the kids win these things, not the parents. I will say that as the event went on, I got a lot more comfortable. I pretty much stood by the wheel the whole time. Carrie was sitting at the table and she was taking information from people who wanted to schedule a tour at the school or if they had won a free lesson on the wheel, she was getting their information. So tag teaming it to an extent.
And I also learned that, you know, it was important to watch the wheel being spun because otherwise someone would just walk up to you and go, I want a t-shirt. And you're thinking, did you? Did you really win a t-shirt? I didn't see it. But when it was slow and we didn't have anybody at the wheel, if I would see like a kid walking by with their mom and the mom would like point toward our booth, like, do you want to go spin that wheel? And the kid would kind of shake their head. I would yell at the child across this little area of the parking lot, like, come on, come spin. Spin the wheel, come on. I've never seen anybody so resistant to getting free stuff. The following advertisement is intended for Jim Booney only. It's free. Real estate. We're giving you land. It's free. We're giving you a house. It's real estate. Free. It's a free house for you, Jim. This is free real estate. Well, you gotta bring furniture, but the house is free. Two bedrooms, no rugs. It's free. You unlock the door to your free house. We got you the real estate. It's a two-bedroom house. It's free. It's got a pool in the back. I'm not carrying this around all day. It's for your house. Free real estate. I'll pee my pants. Jim, come get your damn land. It's a free house! Jim, I got real estate. Jim, to get better than this? Jim! The house is free! Jim! The house is free! It's a free house it's free real estate but speaking of free stuff and you know the higher ticket items on the wheel like t-shirts and free lessons i did discover that we had some freeloaders now not trying to come across as racist or intolerant of other nationalities but i will say that it became a very common theme that people of certain nationalities and i don't know what nationality they were but they were clearly not American given the, you know, headdress that they had on. But in general, these people, they were trying to get a t-shirt no matter what. In fact, this one group, it was a mom and two daughters, and I was helping Carrie with something off to the side, and this girl came up to me and said she had just spun the wheel. There was like a long line of people waiting. I could barely see the wheel. Carrie's at the table writing down information for someone who had just won a free lesson, and this girl came up and said, I want a t-shirt, and I'm like, okay. And I didn't want to be a dickhead, so I found a t-shirt that would fit her. Then her sister came up. Two seconds later, I want a t-shirt, and I'm like, yeah, okay, hold on. T-shirt is on the wheel only twice out of, like, I don't know, 25, 30 options. The odds that you landed on t-shirt twice, those are pretty slim, and I'm not watching. So I had to tell the second girl, well, hold on. I'm going to have you spin again. I need to I need to see you spin the wheel. I can't just be handing out t-shirts. She looked disappointed. She went back spun the wheel, landed on tattoo. Now, not a real tattoo, people. This is just like a stick-on tattoo. And her mom was like, well, we don't do tattoos in our society. That's probably not the right accent. That was more Indian. I want to say these people may have been perhaps Somalian. But she was trying to use religion as to why I could not give her daughter the prize that she had won, a tattoo. And I said, okay, well, I'll give you a sticker then instead. And the mom was like, no, no, no. We don't need a sticker. Can we just have a t-shirt? I'm like, no, I can't just give you a t-shirt. You landed on tattoo. This thing has a value of probably like five cents. I can't give you a t-shirt that has a base cost of, you know, anywhere from five to eight dollars. Big difference. Oh, come on. Just give us a t-shirt. No, I can't just give you a t-shirt. And of course, you know, while I'm losing my patience, I still want to be a good positive representative for the school. But I had to hold my ground and say, no t-shirt for you. If you don't want a sticker, then I guess be on your way. Also, keep in mind, this was nearing the end of a 12 and a half hour day for me. So my patience in general was already at 
at pretty much an all-time low. So eventually, dejected, disappointed, they walked away from the booth with only the first daughter winning a t-shirt. About an hour and a half later, with, I don't know, 30 minutes left in the event, things are starting to thin out now, so they came back to the booth, the mother and the two daughters, walked up to the wheel, and I went, wait, 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 I've seen you here before, you guys have already spun the wheel. And we just do one spin per kid, so. And the mom was like, yes, but they're trying to win a t-shirt. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of know you're trying to win a t-shirt. You made that pretty clear earlier. And I'm like, your first daughter already won a t-shirt. And she's like, no, she didn't. And the girl actually spoke up and said, yeah, I did. But then the other daughter wanted a t-shirt. And she looks at the wheel, realizing I'm not just going to give her a t-shirt. And she gives it this shitty little spin. Did not land on t-shirt. And I was like, all right, keychain. And she goes, well, wait. And she tries to spin it again. But what she does is she just pushes it two spaces so that the little clicker on the top displays t-shirt. I'm like, no, no, no. It's not how it works. You have to spin the wheel. You can't just put it wherever you want. (gasps) That's what she said. So she spun it again. And I'm like, yeah. You can't just keep spinning the wheel trying to get t-shirt. That's not how this works. You get one spin. This is now your third spin. And she didn't land on t-shirt again. And now she's like, just give me a t-shirt. And I'm like, no, I can't just give you a t-shirt. She's like, come on. You have a lot of t-shirts over there. I can see them. Just give me a t-shirt. I'm like, I'm not giving you a t-shirt. What I wanted to say is I'm not giving you a fucking t-shirt, you freeloading piece of shit. So now the mom steps up. Can I spin? This is where I don't like the rule that the adults can spin the wheel. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So what does she do? She doesn't spin the wheel. She literally moves the wheel manually to the next t-shirt option on the wheel. Oh, we got a t-shirt. I'm like, no, you can't do that. You have to spin the wheel and see what randomly happens. I mean, they pushed so hard. That's what she said. For a fucking t-shirt for a school that they don't even go to. I mean, I don't know if they're just really short on clothing at their house, but But I found out later that the booth next to us had to cut them off about a half hour prior because they kept coming up trying to just get a bunch of free shit that they hadn't earned. So this must be just kind of like some little scam or freeloading thing that these people do at little events like this to try and get as much clothing as possible. And of course, everyone loves free shit. You know, there's the old saying, the best things in life are free, which is basically an old proverb, which means that the most important thing things in life don't actually cost you any money, like family, friends, hugs, smiles, conversation. I mean, even air is free. Water is free. Granted, a lot of people spend a lot of money on water, whether it be through your water company at your house or just bottled water at the store. But the fact of the matter is, water is free. You could set out big pots in your backyard and wait for it to rain, collect that rainwater, and technically you can drink that right out of the pot. You don't have to boil at first. It's not like water out of a river. But even if you didn't trust the rainwater, you could just boil it and now you have water. Free water. You know, one thing that's free that a lot of people don't think about as being free would be the internet or social media. Yes, you have to pay to have a service provider to give you internet or Wi-Fi or cellular service, but once you have that provider, the actual internet itself, the websites you visit, it's totally free. You can do as many Google searches as you want, and it doesn't cost you a penny. Now, of course, these are free to users, but all of these websites make a shit ton of 
money based on advertising. So it's free to you, but that does not mean it's not a very profitable revenue stream for these companies. And technically, pretty much everything you need to actually live or survive is free. We just simply pay for the convenience of someone else providing it for us, but we can get it for free. It requires work, but not money. You know, I already discussed water and air, but also heat. You can make a fire. There you go. Heat. Boom. Food. You can grow food. You can hunt for food. You don't need money to feed yourself. Shelter. You could build yourself a shelter. I mean, it's not going to be like the home that you would find in the modern day neighborhood, but you could build yourself a shelter. People used to do it all the fucking time. Transportation. Let's talk about your legs. You can walk. You can run. You could technically build yourself a bicycle out of a tree. Doesn't have to be, you know, molded with steel or aluminum or anything like that. So we take for granted all of the opportunities for free shit that would satisfy our need for survival, but we simply pay for the convenience. Now, there are certain things that seem to be free, but they're kind of rolled into the price, like hotel shampoo, conditioner, soap, a toothbrush. Meanwhile, if you want one beer from the mini fridge, that's going to be $14. In fact, Gilbert Gottfried, the famed comedian who used to be the original voice for the Aflac duck until he was canceled based on a tweet he posted, just comedically, but apparently a little too sensitive for some people's tastes. But he would collect shit from airlines and hotels, and he recently died, but he had boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff that he had gotten from hotels and airlines because he grew up in an environment where, you know what, something that was free that actually had some kind of value or use was not to be taken lightly. So even though he didn't really end up using the shit, he would just grab it because it was like, well, it's free. Why won't I take it? Kind of like me yelling at the kids across the parking lot, come spin the wheel. I've never seen anybody so hesitant to get something for free. But again, it's rolled into the price. Like, you know, on an airline, the snacks that they give you, you're going to get, you know, your little bag of peanuts or pretzels. You're going to get your one little Coca-Cola. But, you know, try asking for 15 bags of peanuts on the next flight that you take and see if they give you 15 bags of peanuts. I'm pretty sure they're going to say, I'm sorry, uh, we can only give you one bag of peanuts, sir. Because that one little pouch of peanuts is rolled into the price. So it seems free. It seems like an amenity, but it's not. You're actually paying for it. Another perceived freebie that is rolled into the cost would be like the coffee when you go to get your oil changed, which, you know, that coffee usually tastes like rancid ass. But if you want a soda or a bottled water, sorry, you have to go to the vending machine for that. But if you would like a steaming cup of rancid ass, that's on the house, but also rolled into the price. Think about restaurants. There's a lot of perceived freebies that come with going to a restaurant, like the restroom. If you go into a restaurant, you can use their restroom, you can piss, you can shit, you can flush, you can use their water. They provide air conditioning in a hot environment. They provide heat in a cold environment. They provide shelter. You can grab 
toothpicks on your way out. Maybe sometimes in certain restaurants you can get mints. And most importantly, you get, you know, free water when you sit at the table. They'll usually bring you bread or biscuits or something like that on the house. Salt and pepper, that's totally free. Ketchup, yep, that's on the restaurant. Technically, you could go to a restaurant, get the bread and water that they bring you just while looking at the menu, eat the bread, drink the water, and then say, you know what, we've decided not to order or use a more fancy excuse like, oh, I'm so sorry, we just got a call, it's an emergency, we need to leave, and you would owe nothing to that establishment for the water that you just drank and the bread that you just ate. Now, that would technically be considered a scam, which we will discuss later. But let's go back to freeloaders. This would be like the people that, well, you got it out of t-shirts. Can I just have a t-shirt? No, you can't have a fucking t-shirt, you fucking freeloader. A freeloader is someone who essentially wants free shit that they haven't earned and they're not entitled to. Lots of examples of freeloaders, like one of them would be the people, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but say you're at a gas station pumping gas and someone comes up and says, hey man, my uh, my car ran out of gas about a mile up the road. I just, if you got a buck, two bucks, whatever, I just, I, I need a little bit of money so I can get some gas. I know what you're doing, you piece of shit. You didn't run out of gas up the road. This is a scam. This is freeloading. You are going around. You're hanging out at the gas station, walking up, giving everyone the same sob story until you have amassed enough money to go buy whatever fucking drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, or whatever bullshit that you're actually going to purchase with my funds. That one or two dollars that I'm going to give you, that'll add up with the next guy, and the guy after that, and the guy after that, and the lady after that. Obviously, you, you know, have your basic panhandlers or people who just stand on the street or on the corner of an intersection with some sign that they're homeless or they're a veteran and they just need a little money. God bless. When I drive to the school every day, and this is actually a pretty nice area, when I get off the freeway onto a main road, again, a very nice area, very close to a relatively high-end shopping complex, there is always this one couple standing on that corner holding up a sign they take turns whether it's the man or the woman granted you know i haven't seen them up close but i would imagine looking at them from a distance that they might have three or four teeth combined between the two of them probably from their crystal meth habit no doubt but so many times when i've been leaving the school and driving back toward the freeway i've seen the lady walking back toward the corner where the man is standing and she's got her arms full of of like sodas and drinks and things from the nearest gas station. Or sometimes I just see them standing at the corner looking at their cell phone or smoking a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, I know. It seems a little fucked up. Cigarettes right now are, at least in Ohio, I'm guessing somewhere around like eight bucks a pack. If you cannot afford a home and you're asking for money from strangers at the corner of a freeway intersection, maybe you shouldn't have a ciggy in your mouth. Or maybe you shouldn't have have a cell phone plan where you're texting people. You know, back when I was in my 20s, I was very broke at times and I had to go without a lot of things. I would have electricity cut off. I would have my phone cut off. I still had a home, but I had to forego certain amenities. So I would imagine if you can't even have a home, you almost definitely should not have amenities like cigarettes and cell phones. And I've been at the school for six months and those people are there every single day. So clearly 
they've not taken the money that they've made on the corner and actually turned it into a home, which just reiterates the idea that they're not taking your money for the sake of what their sign says they need it for. This may sound kind of fucked up, but when I was younger in my late teenage years, early 20s, I would go down to the Ohio State University campus a lot just to walk High Street and there was guitar shops and record shops. And of course, there were always homeless people sitting out there. And I started to get in the habit of every time we would get onto the little stretch of High Street, I would go into the nearest McDonald's. I would ask them for a few applications. I would fold them up, put them in my pocket. And then when I would walk past a homeless man asking me for change, I would hand him an application to McDonald's. If you have time to stand on a street corner for eight hours a day in the summer heat, asking for money, holding up a sign, then you most certainly can get through an eight-hour shift over a fryer at McDonald's. But the fact is, is a lot of these people, they just don't actually want to work. They want to freeload. They want money just to fucking stand on a corner. And then as soon as they've made whatever amount they need for that day to go get their fucking fix, they leave the corner. I mean, honestly, I tend to think that the majority of... Homeless people have completely given up on the idea of working. Yeah, maybe, you know, bad circumstances cause them to be homeless in the first place. But after getting used to something for so long, it becomes a little bit tolerable, if not unnoticeable. It's kind of like people who live in a house with a lot of large dogs and they don't notice that their house smells like fucking dog. Or maybe Indian people that don't realize their house smells like fucking curry and Indian food. But to anyone else that walks in, they'd be like, oh, no. This smells like curry and dogs. I will tell you that right now in America, there are currently around 552,000 Americans that are considered homeless. That makes up 0.002% of the U.S. population. It's not as bad as we might think. I mean, honestly, you could take 20% of the entire U.S. homeless population and they could all attend the same Ohio State University football game simultaneously. 20% of them. That means in less than half of their regular season, you could host every homeless person in the country. So, again, not as much of an epidemic as we think, and I would tend to think that the majority of them have just given up on trying, on self-motivating. They've gotten used to the smell of dog, figuratively speaking. So, let's move on to scams. And, of course, you know, in the modern day with technology, we've all gotten kind of used to certain types of scams, telemarketers, etc., to the point where you even have phones like my iPhone. It'll tell me, scam alert, telemarketer. That makes up for basically every call that I receive every fucking day. And I get multiple of them. Probably one of the biggest scams that people are familiar with is what's called the Ponzi scheme. And this was named after an Italian con artist, Charles Ponzi. So basically a Ponzi scheme is where you get new investors for some bullshit idea and then you pay off the original investors with the money that the new investors put in and that keeps everybody from bitching and then you just keep building 
investing and building new investors. Of course, you know, you're eventually going to run out of investors or bullshit lies about the scam. And that's when the house of cards crumbles. Now, the Ponzi scheme, as it's known, it existed well before Charles Ponzi. However, he was the first one to do one on such a level of success and making enough money to where that's why it is named after him. Now, it would seem that a Ponzi scheme is very similar to what's called a pyramid scheme, but they're not technically the same. Ponzi scheme is just taking money from investors, funneling that money down to the people to keep them happy and silent as the scheme continues. However, a pyramid scheme is more based on the idea of recruiting people and kicking money back up. Instead of money trickling down, it's money trickling up. And a lot of companies are operating as a pyramid scheme, but they hide under the name multi-level marketing or MLM. Some very popular multi-level marketing companies, or as I would call them, pyramid schemes would include Amway, Mary Kay, and Avon. So again, the idea is that someone says, all right, I'm now a representative for Amway, and I'm going to try and get people to buy products from Amway through me, and I'll make a commission on this. Now, out of my commission, a percentage is going to get kicked up to the people higher than me on the pyramid, but I can make more money than just what I sell if I recruit other people to sell shit, and then I'm going to get a small kickback. So is the person above me. So is the person above them. And then that person that I recruited, well, hopefully they recruit more people, and then they can get a kickback. I'm going to get a small kickback from that person's person. So is the person above me. Amway is total bullshit. My last ex-girlfriend, her sister and brother-in-law were in Amway, and I'm talking like high level. And she had been a part of it, but it kind of let it fall by the wayside. But we would get in arguments because at times she would decide, well, maybe I should get back into this. And she wanted us to do it together. And I'm like, I ain't doing this. It's a fucking pyramid scheme. And she would argue with me. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's multi-level marketing. No, it's not. That's a bullshit fucking term to mask your scam. And she would constantly buy shit from her sister and brother-in-law that she didn't need just to help them meet their monthly fucking quota so they could work their way up the fucking ladder and become platinum or diamond or whatever the fucking different levels are. Which I assume everybody below her sister and brother-in-law were all doing the same thing. A lot of times these people are buying their own product simply to meet their monthly requirements and they're losing money. In fact, uh, based on a report from just a few years ago, around 73% of people enrolled in the Amway program as sellers or distributors earned nothing. They probably lost money because they were trying to buy a bunch of their own product to meet a cap and they made no profits. So yeah, total scam. If you belong to Amway, you are scamming people. If you buy anything from Amway, you are contributing to a big ass scam. And yes, Amway has been investigated a lot by governments around the world trying to prove them to be a pyramid scheme and not legitimate multi-level marketing. They have always managed to circumvent having their business completely shut down, but they have paid out a lot of money. And even as we speak in India, the India faction of Amway is involved in a major lawsuit regarding being a pyramid scheme because they are. All right, enough about Amway. That is just a sore spot for me because it was constant arguments with the ex-girlfriend and she just was, you know, 
unfortunately too fucking blind to the idea to realize that it was a fucking scam. And also one of the reasons why I realized I can't be with this person because I require someone with a certain level of intelligence to see that Amway is a fucking scam. So lastly, let's talk about modern day scams. So, you know, with the technology era, we've all seen, you know, starting when email started coming out, you get the email from someone, I am a prince from the region of Bagalaga Chukutaka, and I have gotten a inheritance of approximately $147 million. Unfortunately, I'm not able to claim this money in my country. I would like to move it to you if you just send me your banking information, and then I would gladly give you half of that money. Anyone who gave banking information to a random fucking prince from a random fucking country, well, kind of deserved what you got. Sorry, just being honest. It's fucked up, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like, you know, nowadays we also have the phishing scams with P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G phishing. What this means is essentially someone does something that allows them to collect personal data from you. Usually it's in the form of like clicking a link. So you'll get an email. It'll say your Facebook password has been hacked. Click here to change it. You click it. They get your password or maybe they send you a message in Facebook. How many times on Facebook have you seen someone say, don't accept a friend request from me. I've been hacked. And they're so dejected and defeated. And it's because they opened some stupid fucking message. They clicked on the link in the message from someone they didn't even know. Or maybe they clicked on a link thinking it was someone they knew that had just been fished and their account had been replicated. In fact, one of my coworkers at my school was recently fished and man, he spent like two weeks just like, I'm still dealing with this and that. I couldn't get into my email. I couldn't get into my Facebook. This was changed. That was changed. But about two weeks in, he said, it's still happening. I got another email today saying my Facebook password had been changed. And I said, did you, you know, look at the email set? Did you click the link and go change your password? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you just got fished again, dude. You keep getting fished. That's the problem. The people sending you emails saying you've been hacked and telling you to go change your password, they make it look like it's from an official person. So you freak out without looking at the actual sender or the information in the email. You click the link and bam, now they've got your email password. Then you go to Facebook. You go to change something. You type in a password bam, now they've got your Facebook account. So I think he continued to just keep getting hacked because he didn't realize all of these emails and notifications saying you've been hacked, just more phishing attempts. And I will say, you know, there's been a couple of occasions where I've been susceptible to this as well, where I've clicked something, but I instantly realized after I clicked it, wait a minute, what did I just do? And I immediately went and changed the password for whatever platform I was on, suspecting that that maybe I had been fished. Another modern day method of scamming people is through debt collection tactics. So people can find out that you owe debt on something. A lot of this is just public knowledge in databases here and there. And you'll get a phone call or a voicemail that says, we're coming to your place of work tomorrow with law officers. We've tried to contact you at home, but you did not reply. We will see you between two and five tomorrow. Please contact this number. 
Well, that number you're about to call, they're about to ask you for a bunch of fucking personal information and use it nefariously. I know this because I've received these voicemails and at first they scared the shit out of me because I knew I had a debt, but I couldn't pay the debt. So I did what seemed like the smartest thing to do at the time and just ignored it and said, man, I hope no one's coming to my work tomorrow. And guess what? No one ever fucking came to my work. It's bullshit. It's a scam. Let's not forget about catfishing. I mean, not necessarily trying to get money from people. I'm sure in many instances it is, but the idea of catfishing or fake social media accounts, that is a scam. I mean, shit, in general, using social media, making yourself appear thinner by holding the camera five feet over your head and making your seven extra chins disappear, gonna be honest, bit of a scam. All right, so a thunderstorm has kicked in in the last few minutes, so if there's any background noise of thunder, rain on my window, you'll know why. Before I wrap up, let's discuss a few tips to avoid scams. Well, one tip, use common sense. First off, check the email address of the sender if you get an email address that doesn't make any sense. If you got an email from jr 974 at gmail.com regarding your AT&T account, probably not legit. If you get an email saying we've authorized a payment for $4,327 that will be debited from your account tomorrow for something you know you didn't authorize a payment for, probably not legit. Delete the email and ignore it. If someone comes up to you at a gas station asking for a dollar or two or anything you can spare so that they can get some gas, pretty sure that person's going to use that money to buy booze or drugs. I'm sure there are rare instances where that's not the case. Ooh, big thunder. But just assume that's what's happening and ignore it. And just tell them, here's what I always say, and it works in this day and age, just say, sorry, I don't carry cash. Couldn't get away with that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, but nowadays people don't carry cash. Finally, if you see someone that is panhandling, I encourage all of you to go to a local fast food store, get some applications, hand them an application. If that person turns their nose up at the fact that you're giving them an application to a fast food restaurant instead of handing them cash, clearly this person doesn't actually want to work because they are a freeloader. All right, that concludes everything I want to discuss about scams, freebies, and freeloaders. I want to thank everyone for continuing to tune in in so many countries. As always, remember you can go follow me on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff, or you can go visit my website, jeffshafer.com, J-E-F-S-H-A, FFER.com. Until next time, I'm Jeff. I'm not giving you a fucking t shirt, you freeloading piece of shit. And I'm Jeff. Don't accept a friend request from me. I've been hacked. Good night. to the devil and I prayed and I showed him the mess that I've made and I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over but the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire and said can you turn the heat a little
times over But he just covered me with water So I went to the Lord of the sea Said, won't you come wash over me Cause the roads and the woods Have been winding a million times over But she receded from estate.